I was a hell of a handicapper, I can tell you that. I had it down so good that I ran paradise on earth. I had one of the biggest casinos in Las Vegas to run for Tangiers. You know, if I did it, I'd have to run it my way. Nobody's going to interfere with you running the casino. I guarantee it. Mickey, you're a guy. Make a lot of money for us. Or so keep a good eye on it. All right. Look at this place. It's made of money. What do you think about me moving out here? I just got to tell you, it's no joke out here. You got to keep a low profile. Right off the bat, they don't like guys like us. Oh, yeah! Oh. You like your money a lot, yes, don't you? Yes, a lot. Don't you? Settle down. I want a family. You got the wrong girl. You'll be set up for the rest of your life. You don't know me. What do you know me? Two, three months. They had it all. They ran the show, and it was paradise while it lasted. Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 38. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 1995 movie Casino. So, Charles, tell us about Casino. All right, Casino is about a mob-run casino in Las Vegas. It's run by Robert De Niro's character. He has a mafia friend played by Joe Pesci. The mob is skimming money off of the casino's earnings to hide it from, like, the, from taxes from the government. And the <coughs> casino seems to be run really well, and they... They go into detail about how the casinos run and how they deal with cheaters and all that kind of stuff. But eventually all this like wrongdoing catches up to them and things start going off the rails and the mob bosses get busted by the FBI. So the whole operation falls apart and the casino gets taken down and most of the characters die. Except, wow. except Robert De Niro. <coughs> Sounds like a Scorsese movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Crossman, you picked Casino. Uh, what do you like about Casino? Yeah, uh, well, it's great. First of all, it's a it's a Scorsese mob movie, so it's it one is, of it is that. many. It really likes three, those. at least three that I can. More, think of. I mean, because I, I think you can count Wolf of Wall Street as a mob movie. Sure. Uh, Goodfellas, Goodfellas, this one, Mean Streets. Yeah. Um, Gangs of New York. Departed. Departed. Oh, so that's six right there, <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure we're forgetting. Did he something. do a New York Story? Uh, or a Bronx know. Tale. I no, I don't one. think that okay. was. Um, might have been, but I don't think so. I like it because it's it's like a non-traditional mob movie that it because it's set in Vegas. It's like it has a stylization that the other films don't have, and as such, I don't feel like it's like as even though the character I think is nostalgic. Like I don't think it's as nostalgic as like the New York mob movies. It's a newer town, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that about it, and I like I like that our main character is not like a traditional mob guy either. He's like, this is like a mob movie about like the bookie, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he's a representative in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and he's an outsider. Like he's not Italian. He's like he's not a part of the family. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess it's like it's a weird mob movie for mob movies, like in the genre of mob movies. I I, I really like this setting, and I think De Niro crushes it. Pesci crushes it. Um, Charles, Sharon Stone, and amazing. Stone, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think those those are reasons. I think it's a great movie. It's one of the films that like 
I really enjoy watching. <laughs> okay, that's a good and, quality in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Charles, I know you've seen Taxi Driver. Yeah. Uh, what other Scorsese have you been exposed to? Let's see. I've seen The Departed, okay. Wolf of Wall Street. What else has he done? <coughs> did he do The Aviator? Yes, he did, which I, I liked. Saw, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are the ones. Okay, so you've been exposed to him to some extent. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you think of this one? I don't think I like this one, unfortunately. Really? Okay. There's some like stylistic choices that I didn't really agree with. Um, <clears throat> the movie was really long. It's very long. <laughs> yes. uh, so it kind of lost my attention, really, because a lot of the time it really didn't feel like anything interesting was happening. Um, so I wonder if it could have been cut down to a two and a half hour or two hour long movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but you can say that about it. It's really long. Film. <laughs> um, one thing that kind of bothered me about this movie specifically is the constant use of the narrative device. Yeah, um, the voiceover. You mean the voiceover? Yeah. Yes, um, because you know I kind of come to expect it to be like an intro device in movies, mm -hmm. where you know they they use it to introduce the elements of the plot of the movie, and then they just kind of put it aside and then do the movie and then maybe it comes back at the end or something like that. And so I kind of expected the movie to, to use it that way. And, you know, it, it has its uses, uh, like it makes the characters involved seem more important and more involved in what's going on. Um, and it makes the, the events happening feel more important as well um, because you have this voiceover, this narrative going on. But the movie kept going and... <laughs> The voiceovers did not stop. It was just always there throughout the whole movie. And it just started to get kind of annoying. And it made the characters feel like they were too self-important. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. you're seeing them, like, bumble around and screw up and all that. And they're still doing this narrative, like, like they're going to talk about how they were all right at the end or something like that. Um, and then it just kept going. And, like, it never felt like the movie was happening because it was always being told backward or, like, you know being told as a story um and yeah. so that element especially kind of bothered me about this movie i guess yeah I, I, my memory of this movie is I, I first watched it in high school and i watched it kind of immediately after watching goodfellas and i think that that way of watching it kind of soured it in my memory because it is very similar to Goodfellas in many significant so ways. So I, I rewatched Goodfellas oh, also. Oh, really? To like, respond to this argument? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And I, I disagree. I think the okay. one thing that you're connecting to is the Joe Pesci's character arc is, yeah. is the same in both films. Yeah. But otherwise, I think the both films are actually quite different. So uh, I mean, uh, the point I was going to make is that they're yeah. not as similar as I remember. Okay. Like, I think that they That's are. Good. They are different. <laughs> but, yeah, they are very different. <laughs> but uh, still similar in significant ways. They both heavily use voiceover. Mm -hmm. The broad narrative arc is the same, right? Like, guy starts at the bottom, builds his way up, and, like, has a downfall. And, like, that is in a mob setting. And, like, that is reflected in both. Um, there is a crazy woman character who makes things difficult for everyone that appears in both. Uh, many, a lot of the same cast. Or the same leads, anyway. De Niro and, uh, and Pesci. So I think that there's a lot that they draw on. But there are important differences. I think okay. that um, De Niro's character here is different than the uh, Ray Liotta character in, in important ways. Yes. Like, I think he's not as much of a fuck-up. Or the way that he's a fuck-up is different in interesting ways. Yeah. Um, and the, the setting does matter. Like, the change in location is significant and uh, makes the movie distinct. Uh, I also like how it kind of fits into this trilogy that 
Scorsese assembled uh, it, that like draws this continuum between crime and legitimacy, uh, where you have Goodfellas, where everyone's criminal. You have this movie where we're right in the middle, where like some people are not, Trying to go clean. and some people are yeah moving towards legitimacy and being pulled back into it. And then you have Wolf Wall Street, where everyone is technically legitimate, but behaving in the same way as the people in, in Goodfellas, right? So you yeah. have this. I think that those films kind of form an arc. Um, so I, I think within that continuum, the movie's interesting, Casino is interesting. Um, but I also hear a lot of your criticisms. Uh, my, <laughs> my, uh, my thought watching the movie this time was that it was ahead of its time because it should have been a TV show. Right? Like, I think that if you were to conceive of this story mm-hmm. today, it would be a big prestige HBO, Showtime, you know, AMC show. Well, that's what Boardwalk Empire was, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Like, and It'd I be think great, that, like mini series or one season. Of, uh, yeah, because I think that there's a you do spend a lot of time waiting for this story to start because of the voiceover and because there's so much just overt exposition. Right. The, the first literally hour twenty of this movie, like I waited and waited, and it was an hour twenty, and that there was a conversation between two characters that wasn't like punctured by yeah by voiceover, and it's when he proposes to Sharon Stone. Um, it was very jarring. It never felt like there was a real scene. Yeah. On the other hand... That's like a Scorsese it's, yeah, trope. It's, it's a yeah. Scorsese trope, and it's specifically a Scorsese mop movie trope. Like, he doesn't do that in Last Temptation of Christ, right? Like, he is doing that in these movies. Um, and he gets away from it in The Departed, which I think was wise. Um, that said, it's good voiceover, right? Like, he hired a bunch of talented actors, and he wrote really good lines for them. And the little, like, vignettes that he sets up are compelling to me. Uh, so, I I hear the critique, and I think that there would have been a better way to do it, but it still functions, I guess. Or it, mm-hmm. I was I was not like uh, unentertained by it or something. Like it, it was still okay for me. Yeah, I think this movie is like much more focused on like the business end of mm-hmm. things, and to like they use the narrative to like explain the business. It's like here's how money laundering works, and they like they walk you like through it in yeah. interesting ways. Yeah, it was well, certainly compelling yeah. to see the casino being run and the, yeah. the day-to-day yeah, that operations works. of it. That was right. Cool. Which made me feel like why it would work so well as a TV show because you could have yeah. that kind of stuff as like a little like B-plot in an episode and like that would work really well. Right? Like that would... Yeah, that's essentially what happens in, in Boardwalk which is yeah. produced by Scorsese. Scorsese yeah. so. Which is a good show. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that was my thought. I was like, man, I wish there was like 10 hours of this. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the only thing that I think... <laughs> <laughs> to me, separated it from Goodfellas is that De Niro is like a much better actor than Ray Liotta. Yeah, and no, no question. He's I mean, like, he's a better actor than almost everyone. He's but, much more yeah. watchable, even in like a very reserved role like yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I agree, and I think that yeah. his character is more interesting. To be honest, that might just be a product of him being a better actor. But I, the dynamic that they set up for this guy as like this out, outsider who's also like very competent because you don't think you see that same kind of competency in the Ray Liotta character um, that you no, see. No, he's just like a kid, he's just kid a, from the streets. He's just a schmuck, which is, yeah. like, that could still be an interesting story, but, and it was, like, Goodfellas is a good movie, but um, yeah. he brings you something else here that I yeah, think is important. I also think that Sharon Stone is uh, much better than Lorraine uh, Bracco's, I forget how to say her name, but the female lead in, in uh, Goodfellas. The yeah. Sharon Stone's more compelling. Well, yeah. One thing I want to ask you about is what De Niro does well here, because I feel like I have a hard time identifying why his acting is so good. 
uh, I'm just kind of used to De Niro's sort of character because he seems to play a similar character in most of his best roles, it feels like. I don't remember exactly what he did in Taxi Driver because I saw it a while ago, I guess. But he seems to have this sort of stereotypical, like, you know, (coughs) intimidating mob boss sort of persona in a lot of his roles. Yeah, I think that acting is very hard to analyze. Mm-hmm. Like good and bad acting is very difficult to analyze. Like as especially as lay people, as we all are, because I don't act. But I don't know what I mean. Crossman, you're the, <laughs> you love this movie. What do you think of Nero here? No, I think he he does a good job of like playing a reserved character mm-hmm. and someone who's. What I think is interesting about this character is his weakness for Sharon Stone's mm-hmm. character, right? Um, and how that affects his business life and his life really depends on it like when you're in this when you're in the mob like if the business isn't functioning you get killed and that's yeah. that's what ends up happening in this film and yeah I don't I just found him I find him very compelling like he's certainly he's like the mob dork yeah, and well, like yeah. <laughs> yeah what I found interesting about the character and the performance here yeah. <coughs> excuse me what I found interesting is that he doesn't get angry that often. Yeah. Right? I, I think mm-hmm. that you see a lot of, you see it in Goodfellas, you see it in Godfather, you see it in a lot of these mob movies where the mode to communicate emotion is anger, right? Mm-hmm. Which is probably true to life for a lot of very masculine uh, cultures and men. Uh, and for him, he, he certainly gets angry throughout the movie, but it's this. It's the, the quiet moments. It's when he's asking Sharon Stone questions about what she's doing and not flying off the handle. When he's doing it in this way where he's just like trying to reach her that it, that feels sincere to me mm-hmm. and not just about the territorialness of what is my wife doing when I'm not around. And I think that that adds this dimension to a character that differentiates him from a Michael Corleone or someone like that who's, you see it simmering underneath him all the time. Mm-hmm. Here, he's it, it you you get more complexity. Yeah, it's it's someone who's like sort of around all these psychopaths, and it's like, how do you negotiate? Yeah, that and stay alive. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, th- I, I think the other interesting angle for yeah. me, even more so than the relationship with Sharon Stone, is that he doesn't like he wants to play it straight so badly, like he wants to be legitimate so badly that he doesn't understand how to play the game. Right, and I think that that is what you see as his downfall, far more than uh, the Sharon Stone relationship. It's this guy who can't see the soft game. He like he he wants to be able to go to the the gaming board and present his evidence and say, look at all these things that I've done correctly, blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and have that just work, not realizing that of course that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Right, of course that's not going to fly. That's why he's so obs- that's that's why he comes to head with with Pesci, right? Like that's the conflict with these characters is that Pesci knows how to play the game. Mm-hmm. He understands like what what happens outside of the legitimate world and how to function there, and De Niro doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. And it's ironic that his business is gaming and he is unable to play. <laughs> um, and that that's what I found so compelling here. That that's what I think kind of sets him apart from other characters in his position in other mob movies um, is that he wants to go legitimate and can't figure it out. Right? 
Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I might just be missing some of the subtleties or complexities of his character because I'm too busy just seeing Robert De Niro. Okay. That's how I felt. I just <laughs> see, like, I assume that he's just being this kind of tough guy persona because that's what I expect from Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. And that's just all I really see from him. Uh, so maybe I'm not noticing some of these details. Yeah, I mean, that. and I think that's a, a hurdle that famous recognizable actors have to deal with right like yeah you go and sit down and watch a DiCaprio movie and it's like yeah you have to he has to know <laughs> when he's do, making the movie that you're seeing this guy that right. you think of you know his yeah. name immediately because um, I just noticed those moments where he's like being tough <clears throat> to to like not putting up with other people's shit yeah it's like there's or like dealing with the cheaters <clears throat> in the casino. yeah there's De Niro doing his thing right yeah that's that's just what I see yeah, and I think, like, Ray Liotta doesn't have to deal with that, right? Like, we know Ray Liotta, <laughs> but we don't have that same, like, persona associated with him, so he can kind of fit into what he needs to do in Goodfellas. Yeah, and, and that's definitely hurt him in his later career. Like, we still have the idea of Ray Liotta's persona, because right? oh, oh. he's in so many gangster movies. Okay, yeah. Because, like, you know, he showed up on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the, the recent season, Oh. As a in one episode, right? Immediately, I feel a little unsettled because I know he's usually like a mob boss kind of guy. So I wonder what kind of stuff he's going to be doing. Well, and he's just kind of a weird looking dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying about De Niro's later career? Like his recent movies are terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sold out a bit. Yeah. You know why he does it? Uh, to fund the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh, that's the only yeah. reason he's doing. He's films. on record saying that. Yes, that he makes. He just the, like doesn't care anymore. Not that he doesn't care; it's that he cares about the film festival so much. Oh, okay. Yeah, that he that he is cashing in on his name and his prior career so that he can fund like these tiny movies to so show what, up at his big festival. What's happened <laughs> recently besides the like Bad Grandpa, <clears throat> Eat the Family movie? Oh, yeah, I forgot that existed. Uh, he did the Intern with uh, Anne Hathaway. Yep. Um, I mean, you also can also forgot that existed. Right. Exactly. Right. But th- these movies it's make not money. The internship. I forgot what the fall it's called. Maybe this. But um, y- you forget these movies make money because they're not very good or interesting. But yeah, they do because Nero's in them, and he realizes that. Well, he cashes checks too. So even if yeah. the movie doesn't. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He gets his multi-million dollars every time he, he shows up, and yeah. apparently it goes right into the Tribeca Film Festival, which is you know kind of noble in a sense yeah get on him yeah go get it I would say that I don't know if I'd say that about De Niro like he's instantly recognizable but I think he he's good at playing different characters yeah Um, Pesci however is not and plays the same character in every single movie yeah because he's Joe Pesci. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he's funny, though. Like that. <laughs> That's Sometimes he's funny. Right. Yeah. He, he's in Home Alone, right? Yes, he's in That's Home it, Alone. Right? He's great. Where, obviously, it's funny. Um, it's <laughs> funniest roles, of course, My Cousin Vinny. Uh, Haven't it, seen that. Okay, My, My Cousin Vinny is a fantastic movie. Um, both he and Marissa Tomei are great in it. And fun fact about My Cousin Vinny. Do you, are you familiar with the premise? Not really. He plays a New York attorney who whose cousin or his nephew is accused of murder in like podunk alabama so somehow he ends up going to alabama and like having to defend him and it's this fish out of water story and he has like thick brooklyn joe pesci accent the whole time yeah he recorded an album after that movie came out in character as Vinny, uh like singing original weirdo joe pesci songs (laughs) like with his like barely singing he's just like doing joe pesci voice and it's hilarious so that exists. Yeah. He's the same character in Goodfellas. Yes. 
Okay. It's like the same character. Yeah, literally the same. Yeah. Although he's, I think he's actually funnier in this movie. Really? Like he had like more fun with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love uh, yeah, when, but, yes, he had more fun with that. I, don't I love when he's um, talking with his friend outside the store and they're covering their their mouths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then some guy walks by and he's like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back, oh, I wish I could remember that. That scene guy. is very funny. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, there are definitely moments uh, in this movie. Um, that are, yeah, that are hilarious, um, and most of them are Pesci related. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he, funny guy. He's got a funny voice. He's got a funny like a clown, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but, I, think, I think he's great here. But he's good at being menacing for mm-hmm. for a guy that's like five two. Yeah, he's like five two. He has a funny voice, and then but they they put it off because like one of the first scenes in the movie is where he stabs a guy in the neck with a pen with for a no pen, reason. <laughs> and that scene because well, he insane. insulted Robert De Niro. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, and you see this, the same scene plays out in Goodfellas with um, the guy that was eventually on The Sopranos uh, when he shoots him in the foot uh, because he like brought him the wrong beer or something dumb. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like he, uh, that, that's kind of a staple of Joe Pesci and of the genre where like the guy overreacts to a small slight and ends up killing someone or maiming someone and it you know, becomes nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he does that really well. <laughs> like, <coughs> You know, I didn't actually find his character that menacing. <clears throat> no? Like, I understood that his character was unhinged and could get violent at any moment, but at the same time, it never felt like he was intimidating the same way Robert De Niro was. Okay. Or that, like, the mob bosses were. Yeah, I mean, those that that dynamic is interesting, the dynamic with the mob bosses, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're in Kansas City or wherever, um, yeah. and pulling all the strings on the other side of the country. Yeah. Um, and like really, the ones that are clearly in control of everything, but also like relatively nonchalant about it. Um, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, yeah, I hadn't seen in too many other movies. It functioned here. Um, in terms of menacing, it's like I, I don't, I did, I, I don't want to mess with Joe Pesci. I yeah, think I don't it seems like he could mess you up. The next stabbing scene, man, yeah. it messes me up every time. <laughs> <laughs> the violence in this movie is often very uncomfortable to watch, but at the same time. Yeah. Like, I just wasn't convinced that Joe Pesci was an intimidating guy for some reason. No? He just seemed like an angry little man. But he is also that. Yeah, he is that. Yeah, that is that's <laughs> yeah, undeniable. And it doesn't seem intimidating. Yeah, well, and it's been, I, I can see that when you contrast it with the scene early in the movie when uh, De Niro finds the, the guys that are spotting cards and he mm-hmm. smashes their hands with that, or has his henchmen smash their hands with a hammer. Yeah, they threaten them with shit. a jigsaw. Yeah, 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 like that was... Yeah. Or a circular saw. <clears throat> that was no joke. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that worked pretty well. And then it, 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 I, th- I, I think it sets up a nice contrast between them two, right? Because they're both committing these gross acts of violence. Yeah. But Pesci is doing it himself. Yeah. Right, whereas De Niro is watching someone else do it for him. And yeah. I think that kind of sets sets them apart as like as De Niro as the the businessman and and Pesci as the, the gangster. Doesn't the Pesci comment on that directly in the movie? Oh probably, yeah. I mean it's three hours is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being some sort of line about him making fun of Robert De Niro for making other people do the dirty work. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Because they have that there's like a big confrontation, right? And I think that at yeah. that point. Um that comes up. Yeah, there's that scene out in the desert where... I guess there's a few confrontations. Uh, yeah, there's that one. I was thinking of yeah. the one in his living room as well. Yes. Um, both pretty uh, significant. But yeah, the desert one is probably the the one where they really throw it out. Yeah, because De Niro like, doesn't know if he's like coming back. Yeah. 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 Um, 
What do we think about Sharon Stone here? Um, she dominates a lot of the back half of this movie. Um, how did how you, you guys feel about her? It was definitely a lot more noticeable as acting than I felt like Robert De Niro or Joe Pesci. Yeah, she's going big. Like, it's not yeah. holding back at all. Yeah, she's capital A acting. Yes, yeah. yes. This is, this is a most acting award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she gets a lot, she got a lot of attention for this performance. Um, she should, yeah. Yeah. She, like she, she came out looking pretty good here. Um, there, there was praised as, you know, Brave she got an Academy Award nomination? Uh, at least. She got the nomination or the award itself. Um, I was going to check and then yeah, I didn't I'm now actually do that. I'm like, fearful of my computer. <clears throat> okay. um, but yeah, but she did get a lot of acclaim for this performance. Uh, I like it. Like, I think it's good. I think it's important to have uh, some kind of female character in this movie because it's Scorsese skews so masculine uh-huh. in so much of his filmography. Uh, and this isn't, you know, a role model type character and it'd be nice if there were you know maybe two female characters in the movie yeah. but uh yeah I mean, she's not, not counting Pesci's wife <laughs> who doesn't like have any lines uh, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I think her deteriorate like she does an amazing job of like depicting the deterioration of her character yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> there's a breakdown here yeah and just it gets the cocaine aspect is interesting to watch because the same thing happened to Joe Pesci's character right yeah. and then De Niro's character is able to hold it together so it's like this like underlying thing of like once you start dipping can't into stop. the drugs you just like can't can't stop there's this like lack of control that these two characters have um, and that like brings them together late in the movie right where they like yeah. form this relationship against <clears throat> De Niro and that's like the downfall of both of them it's kind of like yeah of all of them really yeah yeah all three yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, excuse me, I like her here. Um, I, I feel like she she offers these big yelling performances, and I'm worried that like we spend too much time on her just yelling about things, and like there's a lot of like circular plot about she makes up some lie. She gets caught because it's she's really bad at covering up her lies, <laughs> and then she yells about it, and De Niro almost kicks her out, and then she comes back, and I feel like we run in that plot circle like right. at least a couple this times. Movie, it seems like a lot of the scenes are done multiple <clears throat> times, and it's like how many times do you need to do this? Yeah, and I think that that shows up here, and when they set up so much of the casino stuff at the beginning of the movie, and then spend so much time on not that. In the back of the movie, um, it, it was another one of the things that made me think this should be a TV show. And I don't know, it, 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 there are some right. basic problems. Well, like right. the relationship, while important to his life, doesn't end up being that relevant to the downfall of the casino itself, I think, because the entire like unraveling of the casino is because he fired the incompetent dude. Right. <clears throat> right, which comes back to what I think is his foundational flaw. Uh-huh. That he doesn't understand that there's bigger things here than just like running an efficient casino, right? Like there, yeah, they, which they is like his that. only focus, right? This is only love in life, like right? Is is the, the casino, camera, <laughs> the casino, uh, which you see at the very end of the movie, right? When he goes back to uh, just being a bookie somewhere in L.A. Mm-hmm. and it's evidently happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, so it's kind of a happy ending for De Niro, at least. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only one that survives out of our major players, right? Uh, yeah, everybody else so. gets 
whacked. Yeah, the pitch really does. Yeah. Well, the mob bosses survive. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> In jail, presumably. Yeah, and they lived a very long time. Yeah. Like, there were stories until, like, the early 2000s of, like, the people that these characters are based on, like, just getting out of jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you see that, like, there's a sequence in Goodfellas where they, because there's a point where the map bosses get arrested in Goodfellas, and they're just, like, like have a kitchen set up there, and they're just all playing cards and, like, cooking up Italian food all the time and just, like, have, you know, fresh produce delivered to the prison every day. <laughs> and it's like, their life just essentially hasn't changed. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> which, which is part of uh, Scorsese's point in all three of these this arc of mob movies that he makes is that we don't actually punish these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of like they punish themselves. Well, he has like a th- there's like a strong like religious component to this movie, like where it's you you uh, it, it opens with De Niro being blown up and then his body like floating through this like red field, like implying that he's like in hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because it, it's literally fire and then like the. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of a James Bondy intro. Yeah. Well, in what sense? Well, it's kind of it's got all these like abstract scenes. Oh, you mean like this, the, the credits? The credits? Yeah. Yes, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. So his body like floats through like flame, and then the flame eventually becomes the casino lights, and then yeah. we like we're transported back in time, and then work our way like back towards have, like, the that blow up moment. Operatic chorus. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Wish, I mean, honestly, I just wish Scorsese had started this movie where it started. Right, like I, 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 I yeah. We don't see, need a, the fake out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I'm even setting aside the fake out about yeah. whether he died or not. Yeah, like I, when movies do that, and you see it all the time, where they start with like the climax at the very beginning, and it looks yeah. like something dramatic is going to happen, and then it's you know three weeks earlier, and like <laughs> or in this case, like ten years, ten years or earlier, whatever. whatever. The case yeah. I feel like when movies do that, I spend the first two acts of the movie just waiting for that moment to show up, rather than being present in the film. And it's that's what they want you to do. Yeah, I don't know why. Right? Like, just <laughs> ha- just tell your story. Like, just be a narrative. And like, right. if you're well, gonna... I think the intention is to kind of <clears throat> hold that feeling of like this is all going to go wrong over your head while this is all happening, even when it's going well. But it, I mean, you can communicate that, like. In a more yeah. honest way to the to the audience, right? Like, there's you know, it's not going to go great, right? Yeah, it's a mob movie. Yeah, right? well. like that doesn't need to be set up. Right? <laughs> and uh, so I feel like it undercuts a lot of the tension of the film when you know where it's going to be ending up. Yeah, like in a very literal, specific way. And I, I feel like Scorsese is better than that, man. Like, I, I feel like he knows more about the story than that. Yeah, I mean, because it is interesting that like De Niro's character like ends up surviving this movie. Yeah, I guess. Like, it seems like he should yeah. have died. But I guess we wouldn't have a movie because the guy who was he, the guy... Right, would not be able to tell the yeah. story. But, yeah. like, even still, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you... We've seen mob movies before. Like, we know that yeah, people yeah. die at the end. Right? Like, that's... Totally. It, we don't need to set up that fake out. Yeah. Um, it would still be there if he just saw the thing blow up. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I that part bothers me. That <laughs> I, I don't like. I don't like it in any movie. That's Scorsese, though, right? Doesn't he get? He's got. Yeah. He did not do it in Wall Street. Right? I forget if it happens in Goodfellas or not. It it does. Um, because they open with the scene where they're looking in the trunk, and yeah, and then they work back up to that moment. Yeah, it, yeah. and it seems like just such an arbitrary moment to start the movie. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, same thing there. It does not work in Goodfellas. I don't think it works here. He dropped it in Wolf of Wall Street. He dropped it in, Good De er, in The Departed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those movies benefit from that. Like, yeah. Uh, my original point, though, is that he's, like, sort of using... He's Catholic, right? Very. Yeah, and... Well, in, tor in a tormented way, he's Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> well, so normal. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so... He, he also does this in Goodfellas, I noticed, but he uses, like, red to, like, communicate characters that are, like, yeah. in moral trouble, and in this one, he literally sends De Niro to hell when he kind of, like, launches him through this flame. In Goodfellas, they're... <laughs> the room where Edgy's uh, killed. Yeah, well, no, in the trunk scene, they're illuminated in this oh, yeah, red the, light. The, the bright lights. And you see... Yeah. De Niro and Pesci, they're <coughs> digging a grave, and it, the whole scene is red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but also um, so in, in Goodfellas, you have uh, the bird's eye shot when Pesci is killed. Yeah. The carpet's all red. Now from blood, it's like a red carpet. Yeah. Um, and in this movie, uh, De Niro's suit, when he's going out to that car, is that that pink, salmon. but, in, yeah, it's that salmon color, but, you know, calls yeah. to, a red tie calls to mind the same color, the yeah. same color choices. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, that's well observed. Yeah, I almost wish he'd like push that a little more. Sure. Even like his, cause I think the moralizing <laughs> would be interesting on the character because what we're left with at the end is like De Niro's character sort of like knew how to play the game such that he could like live. Yeah. But then otherwise like doesn't seem that punished. Yeah. Um, versus Sharon Stone, who's like much more of a tragic character. Um, and then Pesci, who like kind of deserves it, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, he gets it too. Yeah, he yeah. gets it real bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that that seems like also very brutal. But, yep. That's yeah. the most violent scene in the movie, right? Like the most like I visceral. Thought the yeah. movie head crushing scene. Oh yeah, never mind. That's the most violent scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of brutal scenes in this movie. But, yeah, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that 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 certainly tops anything in Goodfellas. Or Wall Street, like that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think another reason this film is like much more willing to like go there yeah. than Goodfellas is. Like well, Goodfellas is like old timey kind of mafia crime where they just kind of like shoot people and yeah, like and it, and bury it, them. It opens yeah. up in like the sixties yeah. or fifties or something. Yeah. Um, so and it's literally old timey. Yeah. Yeah. That that one. I think I said this in the opening, like. Uh, when I rewatching Goodfellas, it felt much more nostalgic about like, hey, remember when crime was great? <laughs> and here it was, was also like, kind of nostalgic about it though, in that they have that ending sequence where they show New Las Vegas and they're like, oh, it's all shitty now. Cause yeah, I liked when it was run by criminals. Yeah, I, I don't think that Scorsese is condoning that though. Yeah, right. I think that's the character, right? Yes, I think yeah, that's yeah. The character. I think he's much more explicit about it in Wolf of Wall Street, which. To me, kind of makes that movie more successful mm -hmm. than than either of these two. Um, but I, I I don't read Scorsese as saying, "Yeah, this is so great when crime was everywhere." Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely like disdainful of New Vegas because the the sort of the people that they show kind of like are coming in like zombies. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah they're like, but yeah, they're the Floridians. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So he's definitely like disdainful of this type of person and of right. Vegas, but. I think Vegas probably deserves that disdain. I've never been to Vegas. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. But again, like I, I think it's an odd choice. I guess it's like true to the historical part of this yeah. film that De Niro survives. But well, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure what to do with that. Well, I yeah. think that 
again, it's more explicit in Wolf of Wall Street, but yeah. I think that Scorsese's point is that we don't adequately punish these people, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we think mob movies are really cool, and yeah. we think that true crime stories are really cool, mm-hmm. and we want more of that, and we want to pay these guys for their stories about how cool it was to stick heads and vices and stuff like that. And we get to the end of these movies, and it's like, wait a minute, for the audience. Like, we're just going to let these guys walk away and, like, not actually get punished. And he's going to go to his house and, like, continue doing what he's doing. And uh, Hill, at the end of Goodfellas, is going to be able to just, like, be a suburban dad and complain about how all of his neighbors are boring. And De Niro, or, uh, DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street is just going to be able to keep selling his pens to people or ask them to sell the pen to him. Like, and Scorsese's point is that you shouldn't be mad at him for that. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not Scorsese's fault that he's just depicting what we've actually done. Right? Same thing, like, with the, the prison scene in Goodfellas and the, the prison scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he's, like, playing tennis. Right? Like, you're supposed to be annoyed by that, but you're not supposed to be annoyed at the movie. Right? <laughs> be annoyed yeah. at the criminal justice system. Yeah. Be annoyed at our incapacity as a as a culture to get over how cool mob shit is. <laughs> it's such that we can actually punish people adequately for doing it. Part of it's Scorsese's fault though, right? Or, yes, like, he made it he, cool. He makes like De Niro I mean he seems cool. He wears like really cool suits and yeah. I have I have a lot of suit envy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you think you don't think you could pull off like the, the green suits. Oh my god. Yeah, I the, linked the, I linked the poster. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like forty four different suits throughout the movie. Yeah, they're and all then, incredible. Like, all the commenters in the post were like, I don't think I'm gonna wear forty four suits in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um so, yeah, he's also yeah. like in a ba- like he's in like cool bathrobes and glasses and yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's well dressed, especially for the eighties. Yeah. 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 He's, he's looking sharp. Um I, I mean I don't read I think that Scorsese's trying to be seductive, right? Like, I think he's saying to us that there is a, an aspect of this lifestyle that pulls you in, right? Yeah. But he's not saying, look how great it is. Like, I, I, and I think you can also see the same dynamic. Uh, did you see Silence? No. Um, or Last Temptation we've talked about, um, and Charles, you haven't seen that, but I think you, you when you see his movies about religion and faith that are more explicitly about religion and faith, uh, you, you see this this same thing where he is like showing you what the thing really is and showing you how seductive the thing really is, and telling you that you still shouldn't take it, right? Yeah, and, and telling you that it's still incorrect for you to be seduced by it, and it's your fault if you are, and. That is a complex idea, right? And that is a challenging idea, and that's why I think makes him a good filmmaker. Yeah, he makes he makes Vegas seem like very cool, right? And like if you, um, like I've been to these old casinos, and now they're like sad. (laughs) The ones that are still up, like you go in, it's just like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like this yeah. is where you do math. About the production value of the new ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like it, it is interesting that he makes it seem awesome. Right, like, and it's like disgusting. <clears throat> but he makes yeah. it seem awesome, but he doesn't make it w- without condoning it, right? Like, and I think that that's the, the incredible balancing act that he pulls off. Yeah, right. Because you don't want to, at least when I watch it, I, I don't, I don't want to be Joe Pesci, right? Like, I don't want to be De Niro. Right, like you, you see the effect that it has on these guys. You see how it makes them worse and ruins what they have yeah. in a sense. 
uh, but still manages to look cool and still look seductive. And it's uh, this complex, you know, web of motivations and messaging and depiction um, that it, it, it makes Scorsese what he is. That, that he's, that's why he's still getting jobs. That's why he's one of the greats. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah. Um, and you see here, like you compare, even you compare it to uh, The Godfather, right? Like, which I think is a better movie, right? Like, I think almost everything is not as good as Godfather, but Coppola in that movie is much more clearly saying these guys are bad, right? Like, he is much more explicit about his moralizing mm-hmm. in that movie in a way that kind of challenges the audience a lot less, right? It's a lot easier when you watch The Godfather to say Michael Corleone is a bad man and it's, we want bad things to happen to him. Yeah, these are all murderers. Right, like, these are all despicable murderers. Look at what he did to Annie Hall, right? Like, it's it's so much easier to, to, to shit all over Michael Corleone and recognize him as bad. It's much more difficult to do that with Ace in this movie, even though Ace is just as bad. Even though Joe Pesci is just as bad, they're in the same business and they're doing the same thing, mm-hmm. and that is a, a bold move for him, for Scorsese. Makes him good. Well, how do you draw the line between challenging the audience and being overly forgiving to these characters? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it comes at the end, right? Like yeah. what, when you you see what comes to them, because I think that the movies that, or the media in general, that is not doing that well gets to the end of their thing and says oh shit we have to punish these guys right like oh shit we have to make sure that we're really clear about how bad they are right and he doesn't do that here right like that's what makes the end of the sopranos so great right is because you got to the you got to the finale of the sopranos and you had all these people all of a sudden during the last season going oh man tony soprano is actually a fucking monster we better make sure that he's arrested or that he something bad happens to him and they cut to black you don't see either way what happens to him and that is the David Chase telling the audience, you need to do it yourself, right? Like Chase isn't going to do it for you. Scorsese isn't going to do it for you. And you have to do it. And that that's good filmmaking, right? Like, and that, that's powerful messaging, right? As opposed to, you look at uh, a lot of action movies, I think, yeah. will, will glorify the violence and either like give the guy everything and put you into the movie as a surrogate for the action hero, Mm -hmm. whereas these movies pull you away from these heroes, right, Mm -hmm. in a way that is still seductive, but not placing you in their shoes. Yeah, it also plays them as being, like, not entirely evil. Um, Like, De Niro... Loves his daughter. Loves his daughter, yeah. And he's, like, making the right decisions, like, for his daughter. Yeah. Um, or even Pesci, like Pesci is like to a point loyal to De Niro and to his mm-hmm. brother and to his kid too, yeah. right? Like they have that sequence about how he's always home for his kid, and yeah, for breakfast, his baseball game, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. And so that like that nuance, the characters, nice like texture within the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And you you won't see that same kind of nuance in a movie that's one hundred percent on the character side. Like like you don't see that in a James Bond movie, right? Like when you watch a James Bond movie, you're supposed to be like, yes, I want to be James Bond. I want to mm-hmm. replicate the behavior that he's beha- that he has there because there is no downside and like they put in enough excuses for what he's doing. Well, right? I'm not sure why showing their soft sides would because uh, it, 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 it like they're more believable characters that way that like 
there's complexity. Well, doesn't that make them. it more likely that you do want to be them because they're like you know more well-rounded characters? It, and they're, it, they're inherently good people theoretically from seeing these scenes. But that's the same way they are in real life, right? Yeah. Like you, you look at the like actual mobsters or the guy whose life this is based on. He actually did care about his daughter, right? And like yeah. the, the the mafia really does have a code. Yeah. Right. And that code is a cover for their bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Right, the 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 when Michael Corleone is a devout Catholic, that's not about the Christian morals, right? It's mm-hmm. about him being able to say to himself and to the public, "Look at how good a man I am," mm-hmm. right? And that it's dishonest, it's insincere, and we have to not be seduced by that. Okay, right? Like as a population, we have to not be tricked by by that kind of posture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, movies are complicated. Yeah, uh, when they're done well, they're really complicated, <laughs> and that's a good thing. Uh, so James Woods appears in this film. Yes, now a notorious Twitter troll. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. <laughs> um, he does a good job of playing a gross guy oh, yeah. in this movie. Nails it. it, it it's Prussian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. He knows how to do it. Yes. Yeah. It's a. He's, uh, it, He's like his, not cast against type. Yeah, he's like plays a very believable like coke addict, coke uh, pimp, pimp. Addict. Yeah, yeah. Abusive boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, his his character I thought was like well placed in this movie. Right, it's good to have that that color in there too because I think it's it makes the world feel a little bigger. Right, like it, it, it'd be really easy for this movie to become really isolated on like these three people, and like mm-hmm. everyone that is in the movie is connected to the mafia. And the James Wood character is like he functions as this guy kind of outside of it that makes it feel a little bit beyond this isolated sphere. Yeah, like he doesn't seem to understand like the the power of De Niro's he, character. He has no idea what he's involved in. It, it, yeah, it's right. like shows the. What De Niro's willing to do. Yeah, he quite um, literally doesn't yeah. know who he's fucking with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is what's going on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I liked him here too. I thought he, he did a good he could, did good work, had a good creepy mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he's yeah, abusive so. towards the daughter so, uh, in they, a way that was like scary and menacing. And, and they like the cutest kid in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, she's just unfazed yeah. by <laughs> right, him yeah. being an asshole. Right. Yeah. She just is just. Like the sweetest, cutest kid in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, James Woods, we know who you are now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, is this your favorite Scorsese movie? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like The Departed a lot and Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, I, I like a lot of his films. So. And, yeah, it's it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I like it. I I think it's his most like stylized film. Really. More yeah. so than Departed or Wolf of Wall Street, either of those. I, I think this is such like a so much about a place. That's true. And his other films are, you know, just sort of like generic mob stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's much more on the characters, and less about like. I think Las Vegas is like a good like setting for this film. Yeah, I, I, I think helps sets it apart from his other films. I, I agree. Even Departed, yeah. like it's a Boston movie, but it's not a Boston movie in the same way that this is a Vegas movie, right? Yeah, I mean the part the part is like really a Japanese movie, right? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just being like layered on. Isn't it a Hong Kong film. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is. You're right. It is Pretty a Hong sure Kong is. film. Um, yeah. I think the other movie that he made yeah. that does setting really well uh, is Gangs of New York. 
Gangs, yeah. Gangs of New York is a grossly underrated movie. And that's a period um, piece, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I, I, that's to, Scorsese? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have not. We should put that. I love that movie. Like, yeah. I, I like that it's, more than Goodfellas. It's also on Netflix right or now. Or Casino. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, to me, that's probably a top five Scorsese movie. I like right. Gangs a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis just fucking kills it. Well, he's <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he yeah, brings it. I don't think it. I've seen him in anything, actually. <clears throat> anything? Yeah, with... Yeah, we, I haven't seen any of his movies. We need to fix that. Well, he I hasn't seen uh, Oh man, like well, yeah, we need. He hasn't it. seen Oil, right? And yeah, or yeah, the Railway Blood. No, you haven't seen The Crucible. Nope, he's good. In the Lincoln. Lincoln. Nope. Yeah. Okay. He hasn't been in that many movies. No, because he, he like decides to like move to Italy and be a cobbler for five years at a time or something. And, and now he's retired, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, no, he he's he made one more movie with Paul Thomas Anderson about okay. like the fashion industry in England in the eighteen hundreds or something. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I think that movie is done, and now he says he's retired, but he has said he's retired before. So hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you got to get that paycheck. Yeah, he's retired like Casey was retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, he's great. Um, but good on him. Like, so. he's not doing, like, Fast Bender stuff where, like, you're in Assassin's Creed or whatever. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he hasn't, like, tainted his career. Yeah, I mean, there's that, but I also like just seeing more Fassbender, right? And I would like to see more Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not going to tell him that he, he owes me anything. He certainly doesn't. He doesn't Have you seen Assassin's more. Creed? No, I did not see Assassin's Creed. Okay. Well. But um, <laughs> I, I like that I like that Fassbender works a lot. I like yeah. that he's in a lot of things. That's true. Yeah. And he's willing to do more pot films. Yeah. Like, he's in the Alien films. And he's in he's also the best part of the movie he's in. Yeah, he's, he's a great actor. Like one, of the, one of the best working like right now. Fucking X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> yeah, he's a good movie. Oh, yeah. But the, I mean, he's but good in like first class. So fun and, to see. And the other first class. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He was the best part of Alien Covenant. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And he does real movies too, like uh, The Shame and Hunger yep. and Twelve Years. Yeah. Yeah. Going back a few points, I thought it was interesting that you said that this movie um, was very stylized, or his most stylized, because yeah. besides maybe a few scenes, I thought this movie was visually very drab. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay. I love this movie visually. I, like, I love how he shoots Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. Vegas is not a comfortable or beautiful place to go, <laughs> and he does a great job of making casinos seem like really cool and like he uses the lighting and the, like in motion right? yeah like, it, it feels like the it, costuming of De Niro and yeah like there's, yeah. there's constantly stuff going on yeah right? like I think I'm thinking more of the cinematography because I don't feel like that aspect of it was very interesting outside of very few scenes in this movie um the costume design was certainly great the set design was very nice uh it just overall didn't feel visually very distinctive to me I I don't know. I I like that about this movie. Yeah. I I think just I feel like I've seen a lot of Vegas movies and they all show how shiny everything looks in Vegas, right? So I don't I didn't feel like that was a distinctive aspect of this movie. I yeah, I really like um when they shoot he's like he starts a TV show. Which is like one of the like C plots in this movie. Right. To to get back at like the gaming board he like starts his own show so he can like rail against them on local (laughs) T V or something. Um, I, I love that whole sequence because they really shoot it like it is a cheesy TV show, yeah, and like they show show, like here's all the like corny oh, the like, dancers, yeah, here's the ba- yeah, yeah the band, and yeah. there's the like the Vegas band, and, yeah, um, yeah, and he's like a crappy like 
Leno, or essentially. He, he yeah. is ill-suited for that job. I yeah. think that's another great thing about De Niro's performance, is that he manages to... Show that he's, like, terrible yeah, at Yeah, show that he's a bad TV host, right? Yeah. Like, that he's not good at it. What, um, who's he interviewing? He interviews, like, some musician or something. Yeah, and, like... Yeah, I don't remember. He talks about his family. I remember... I love how he, like, stops and he, like, claps. And, like, the whole, like, crowd, <laughs> yeah. like, claps with him. He has kids. Yeah. Yes, very <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You did it. Uh, yeah, that, but, I love that sequence. Yeah, that reminds me yeah. of another point. Uh, how much time do we have left? Uh, we got, like, ten minutes. Okay, so I'll make this point quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to raise is that... So there's that breaking point in... Uh, uh, like really, it's an it's an act break uh, where they're in De Niro's house, him and Pesci, and they ha- get in that really the big argument that he has after he threatens that banker and like runs him out of the house. Yeah, and it's from office space, right? And there <laughs> is that is the first moment when they mention that De Niro's character is Jewish. Yeah, and they mention it over and over and over again after that. Like it never yeah. stops coming up after that point. And I thought that that was important and i thought that that yeah. was that was interesting that they're they're setting that that went once he crosses them like once he crosses the real italian is when they start pointing he's, out he's outside he's yeah. not them right yeah. like that he is he is separate and what they picked is out is his is his uh Jew, his jewish ancestry um and i thought that was that that was compelling right that 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 was the moment that they do it yeah, interesting that his, like, separation is also what kind of saves him. That, like, sure. he's he's not deep enough into the mob such mm. that they need to, like, when they're cleaning house, like, he, he, like, they do try and bomb him, but then they just, like, don't finish him off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, th- yeah. I think there was some implication that Nikki tried to do it, Joe Pesci's character. Yeah. Because I think he car bombs someone earlier in the movie. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's it's, so, it's never you know, clear like who like tries to kill him. Right. Yeah. I read but, the plot synopsis because this movie was so long, and I just yeah. don't remember everything. <laughs> the plot synopsis says that um, Robert De Niro suspects that Joe Pesci's character did the bombing, and that the mob killed Nikki because they thought he tried to car bomb um, Robert De Niro. Okay, I mean and that would make sense, right? Uh, that it seemed a little strange because you think they would side with their own. Like member, over no, because they had known like, Pesci was like out of control. Like he was no yeah. longer like subservient to the mob bosses. Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, he was like running his own racket essentially. And that's yeah. he hourly says that he's like, "Don't you realize that we have the ability to just like cut off the bosses and yeah. like yeah. this is now our thing?" What, yeah, which and, is again a very common mob movie trope, right? Like the guy grows too big for his britches and gets killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the same exact thing happens in Goodfellas. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, uh, uh, the movie—they spend literally the entire length of the movie explaining that De Niro makes them a ton of money, right? Like yeah. that's that's essentially what his character is about, yeah. and why he's there in the first place. So they keep him around because he's more valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that that the Jewish angle was was interesting um, and it's an important observation. Yeah. Also, this movie um, has an interesting fascination with um observation okay like, yeah but, yeah there's a lot like, of surveillance yeah like they explain like how the whole the whole casino is like observed and then the that was the, a cool the, scene where they're all the watching security level each other's levels of, yeah well, and, and yeah. he has that sequence where he explains it how like mm-hmm. the yeah. pit boss watches the dealers and then this the game 
commissioner. Yeah, yeah the floor boss watches. The floor the boss, boss watches the, the pit boss, and then yeah. he watches the floor boss, and everybody watches is watched by the camera, right? And like he yeah. has this entire hierarchy that is explained, and it's all about observation, you're right? Yeah, but then they bring that back with the the FBI's yeah. watching everybody, yeah. like through and in the same way, right? So yeah, you notice the same camera angle for like showing the cameras watching the casino, yeah, and yeah. The wire in the Italian dude shop, yeah. Yep. I love uh, also the scene where the, the FBI agents run out of gas and they have to land while he away. Yeah. In the <laughs> middle of his fucking interview with the, the with gaming board. The gaming board. <laughs> yeah, the FBI lands and runs through the scene. I forgot about that. That was really funny. That was, yeah. funny. That was, a, that was a funny sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's well observed as well. The, um, the observation well point observed. is well observed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, and they have to do so many things to like trick the F FBI or the people that are following the, the them. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Covering their mouths. Yeah, that as well. Yeah, um, and they have to do all the car changes to yeah. meet up with each other. And there's yeah. that weird moment where the, he subtitles their like coded language, which was, like came out of nowhere. I was yeah. Like, all right. Yeah, I was like, is, is my is my video file glitching or something? No, because they're saying different yeah. stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was that was uh, an interesting choice. He plays around with it. There were a few kind of meta moments. It's not like consistent throughout the movie stylistically when he does these kind of playful things, but I, I guess since he did it <coughs> multiple times throughout the movie, that's the consistency. But there's a few of those like uh, at the beginning, uh, they have like the ten years ago subtitle yeah. that shows the timeline, and then there's one that says like back in the day back home or something yeah 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 here's exactly what the narrator's saying <laughs> right and i thought that was really funny i also liked at the end when joe pesci's character gets killed and he's narrating and then it just gets cut off when right. they kill him and he's dead and yeah i thought that was a That's fun little good. choice to play around with this whole narrative thing i just wish they didn't have the, an hour 20 straight at the top of the, the movie entire movie through yeah 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 um so yeah I, you're right that is that is pretty good uh, so uh, you said you weren't super into this movie. Yeah, not feeling it. Would you recommend it to anyone? Is this uh, um, too boring? I mean, obviously, I'd recommend it to someone who's really into mob movies, right? <laughs> but like, I don't think this is a movie that I would go out and tell people to watch. Okay. Um, yeah. Quick funny detail I noticed uh, when they're first showing him as the betting guy. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. The betting. That <laughs> yeah, I thought it was hilarious that he did the odds for a Columbia Dartmouth football game. Yeah. And they somehow, for some reason, chose that as their football game. Because now Columbia football is, like, such a joke that I don't want to give the slightest shit about it. I think that's all, all, like, New York City college football teams, right? Like, there's not a single good one, right? It's... I don't know, and I don't pay attention to it because it's yeah. such a joke. Yeah, that's, it's it's like worthless. Yeah, I mean, all college sports in America, like the the St. John's basketball team, does stuff sometimes, but that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I thought it was funny to be there in this movie. Yeah, yeah For, Fordham's like kind of in it for basketball. Yeah, you're. Right. They're not gonna win, but yeah, they neither St. John's. Yeah, yeah, but they're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so next month um, is October. Yeah. It's, so we're going to do a bit of a horror festival. We have a theme. Yeah, we got a theme for next month. Um, we're going to be doing a, a horror movie every week. Same pattern, Crossman and I switch off picking the movie, but um, in the lead up to Halloween, um, and as a means to torture Charles, uh, we're going to be picking exclusively horror movies for the next five weeks because there are five Mondays in October this year. Oh, I'm such a wimp with horror movies. It's yeah. going to be great. 
Yeah, so um, <laughs> we're going to be uh, leaning on Crossman a little bit more since he knows a lot more about horror movies than I do. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, I... So you'll get more the, picks, though. Does, does, does right, it yeah, matter fall so he gets three picks? No, it doesn't. Oh, I no. do, actually, so <laughs> I'll have to make sure you don't take the ones that I'm going to pick. But I'm going to go with a pretty reliable first choice and pick The Shining. Uh, go back to Kubrick. Right. Yeah, um, I, I, I could have predicted you were going to Yeah, this do is this. A, a safe prediction. Um, this is one of my favorite Kubrick movies, um, and I think it's just great and complex and rich and has one of the best performances uh, put to film outright. Um, it, it's a excellent, excellent movie. I think you might actually like it. Right. Uh, so and it's pretty messed up. It's super messed up. Yep. Some crazy shit happens uh, all the time in this movie. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. Uh, so next week we'll be watching The Shining and after that we'll be watching more horror movies. So thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you next week.